Uh, hello, welcome back to the Answer Credit uh, Show, episode number 109. Is this 109? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've forgotten. It's now Sunday, Tokyo Game Show's over. It's about uh, it's about 9.27 in the p.m., I think. 9.30, wow, I was, I've been three minutes off all week, I'm sorry. Uh, it's 9.30 p.m. Uh, Brandon Sheffield, we're on our way walking, we're in Akihabara, we're going to have dinner, and then I am going to go home, and then I'm going to go to England tomorrow. But Brandon Sheffield was just saying he had a realization recently. So he's going to tell me what it is. Here you go. What was your realization? Uh, this might be a little, a little anticlimactic after that intro, but I, I was, <laughs> I was on the train, and uh, I've never played Animal Crossing in Japanese before, and I was reading the sign. They have like a, the sign for Tom Nook's organization in this advertisement I was looking at, and it said Tanuki Housing. And I was like, is his... So I thought to myself, is his? Is he just called Tanuki in the Japanese version? Do you know? Man, I don't know. Okay, well... So, yeah. Well, uh... I don't know what his name is, but I was looking at it, and I thought, man, Tanuki sounds a lot like... Tom Nooki, yes, like Tom Nook, mm-hmm. uh, said in a Japanese way, and I was like, I wonder, I wonder if he's called Tom Nook because it's the closest thing to Tanuki, uh, Tanuki, Tanuki, and that's uh, that was my dumb little realization um, that I had on the train. But it might not even be a realization; it might not be true. Uh, I also wanted to say some other things, though. Say I go for it. I finished finished exhibiting at Tokyo Game Show, uh, showing Gunsport there. It was an interesting experience, certainly. Uh, it kind of rounds out. Now I have exhibited my game at every major conference that I've ever been to. Um, I first came to Tokyo Game Show in 2004, I think. 2004, that would be it, yeah. And... Uh, some 11 years later, I am exhibiting inside of it. Granted, Man. the show is much worse than it was before, but that's, I don't know, it's an interesting thing. E- There's more people there than before, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, way more people. Um, Iga played the game, and unlike previous times when he's played my game and just kind of solemnly nodded and said, I'm not good at this sort of game, or, uh, it's fine, <laughs> he... He actually uh, smiled and said it was sugoku omoshiroi, super interesting, and tanoshi. And tanoshi means fun. Yeah, he said tanoshikata. So, and uh, and he pointed at it when he said tanoshikata. He pointed at the screen. So I feel like that was a legitimate compliment from Iga. That was nice. And and uh, two separate Guilty Gear people played the game. One of whom was the lead programmer. And the other whom, other of whom, the other whom, the other whom were, was, we're a uh, battle systems designer. Systems battle, battle systems designer. Yeah. Uh, system battle. He played the game for 45 minutes straight with his friends. So that was all pretty cool. His advice, Shoot. his advice to me was to, because I was talking about cool the guns. wanting to put it in arcades. No, he didn't say uh, put cooldowns cool. on the gun, but he said I needed to work on my 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 one coin experience because yeah, yeah. if i put you put in 100 yen 
you got to be able to figure out what you're doing, play it, not get frustrated, and have a, hundred, a fun time within that 100 yen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, your game's pretty fun after you play it about three times. Uh, but before that, you don't know what the heck you're doing. And he's right about that. So that was, that was an interestingness. One coin fun, huh? Yeah, the one coin fun is what I got to get to so that everyone gets their 100 yen's worth out of it. There's uh, the coolest car in the world. Oh, man, there's a real cool car. It's got a lot of flashing lights and also a doll. And there's a man taking a picture of a weird doll on top of his... Uh, what car is this? I think that's a... FTO? No. Uh, hold on. It's an yeah, it's a it's an RX8 like yeah. wow. How, like Dirk that? Neely has. Yeah. You can tell from the, the yeah. Well, I'm trying to figure out what what kind of a doll he's taking oh, a picture of. Baby, yeah. It's blue. This this Mazda RX8 it has a lot of flashing neon lights in the undercarriage. It has a uh, it has a Narashino license plate. Yeah. Chiba. It's from Chiba. The dude has a. Dude has a ridiculous dragon print on his shirt and a gothic Lolita doll of that looks like a relatively expensive expensive vintage. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot of scoops in the hood. It's like a shark. It's like a it's like a like a sideways shark. And he's got it painted a Subaru blue, which is funny and weird. So we're about to walk through this uh, gauntlet of maids to try to get to Caesarea. They're not going to bother us. No, they're not going to bother us. So the thing about this Caesarea is it's located where uh, one of my favorite, my absolute favorite stores used to be. The store where I bought Bullet Witch and Sega Pain on the same day. The store where I bought ten copies of Dragon Quest uh, right here. It's in here. The store where I bought this is uh, the store where I bought ten copies of Breath of Fire Five Dragon Quarter for a hundred yen each. I should get one. I said I should get one, and then I said it like nine more times. Maybe I should get another every time I bought it. Uh, it's now been replaced with a size area. So this size area is where I bought Bullet Witch. So that is why we've come to this very special place and I issued a call on Twitter saying anyone who wants to hang out with us and be on the insert credit show can uh, come out here nobody's going to come I hope they don't Brandon hopes they don't yeah we'll see if they do <laughs> if they do I will not shoot them or kick them or uh, divest myself of uh, their so I don't I don't think anyone's going to divest yourself of something. I don't think anyone's going to come because it's uh it's the silver week, the holidays uh coming up this week and anybody who listens to our show and lives in Japan must have a job. Yeah. And be real cool and be really excited about this holiday and they're probably, I don't know. Yeah, they're going to the mountains. In a tummy with their feet in a in a hot spring, I don't know. Their feet in a foot bath. I went to one of those once like a a onsen for your feet. <coughs> A phone sen? A, a phone sen, yeah. <coughs> Ashidake no onsen. Oh. It's mama. Foot, foot onsen. Foot onsen. Okay. Oh. Yeah, you did. That's good. Uh, yeah, we can pick this up in a minute. I gotta stop it though. Wait, we're already here. We're already here. We got it, we got it. We're here in the size area. Whoa, this size area is really, really busy. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. This is our Japanese cultural experience for today. This is real Japanese culture, size area. Size area. 
すごい並んでる並びすぎ Well, I'm, I'm going to eat here. I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm going to put a name down or whatever. Whatever I have to do. Whatever we have to do, let's do it. Saizeria.、Uh, I guess we'll be back with the show in a little bit. Hello. Welcome back to the show. We've been seated at a table at the Saizeria on uh, uh, South Suahiro Cho, I guess this is.、Uh, I guess that we should tell that guy on Twitter it's the South Suahiro Cho,、uh, size area, not the,、uh, not the, what's the other one? The, the Akihabara station size area. We're seated here,、uh, at a table for three. It is quite busy. You can hear maybe. Listen to that room sound. I love it. But this thing actually picks the voice up nice and clear. So, uh, uh, I just opened the menu to a huge page of, uh, hamburgs. And it's funny that there's all these pictures of them when it's like, why not just have, this is, I'm doing the little Gordon Ramsay kitchen nightmares thing here. Why not have just a picture of a hamburg steak and some potatoes and then a list of toppings, you know,、yeah. like varieties, vegetable salsa. I don't、uh, know the answer to that question. Cause it looks more, what, Brandon Sheffield thinks he knows the answer to that question. As a person who recently, uh, last night, Specifically, watched,、uh, Junk Boy Instagram his, his, his burger that he was eating. He, he purposefully wanted to get the black burger from Burger King、oh. before leaving Japan.、Yes. He, he has Instagrammed every different type of burger that he has ever had. So if it has a subtle variety to it, people want to look at that and be like, hmm, maybe my burger would be fun in this configuration. As, as, as far as I can tell, people that like to eat meat, They really like looking at it, thinking about it, and, and feeling like some subtle difference is going to,、uh, change their experience and make it much more delightful. And,、uh, I think it also, it's like, you know, the, the, the artisanal varietals. They want to, they want to feel intelligent and, and, and proud of their choice. And so that's what's going on. So, all right. Now, now, see, now, see I, I don't eat meat and I haven't,、uh, I've never eaten meat at Caesarea. So I'm seeing the Hamburg page has Hamburg on one side and then chicken on the other. So they actually have a, like a roast, a grilled chicken. I just didn't know because they're all carpeted in the same stuff. This vegetable salsa cheese. So I made a, a Japanese joke to Brandon Sheffield. I said, here's a Hamburg steak with cheese and tomato sauce. That's vegetarian. That's a good joke because there's a pizza man at Family Mart、yeah. that is a man that's pizza and the description is mozzarella cheese and tomato sauce inside a man.、Yeah. It's delicious. It's pizza. And then you read the ingredients and it says there's meat in the sauce.、Yeah. And it's like, well, why does it say tomato sauce? Because tomato sauce just means it has meat in it.、Yeah. And in Italy, that ain't true. There's tomato sauce. It reminds me of the time, I believe I've told you this before, when I was in Korea, I was in Busan, where Tim and I just both were at the Busan Indie Connect.、Uh, and, but this, this was several years ago. It was probably about 2007. And I was really hungry because I couldn't find anywhere to eat that was vegetarian. And I went with my friend Al, Al Yang to a Mr. Pizza. Oh, Mr. Pizza. In Busan, and I ordered the cheese pizza. 
Wait, when was that? This was 2007. Oh, okay. So, uh, I ordered the cheese pizza, and, um, it arrived, and, and the ingredients, you know, we asked them about it in English, so, you know, there's some limitations there, but they were like, yeah, it's, uh, cheese and, and sauce and, you know, crust, and that's, that's what it's, what's in it. So, take a slice of this pizza, and between the sauce and the cheese, there is a layer of ham. Yeah, okay. And I was, I was betrayed. I was so hungry. And I had just paid for a pizza. And then I just had to look at, at I had to watch Al eat it. It was, it was insulting. I just want to say, I went to uh, Mr. Pizza with my friend Wayne back in 2003, and I had a cheese pizza, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Because I was so hungry for pizza, and I bit into it, and there was definitely no layer of ham. Yeah, they, they, they changed it. Uh, also, Mr. Pizza sucks. I went back to the exact Mr. Pizza I went to with Wayne in 2003, completely by coincidence. Of all the suburbs in Seoul, I happened to wander into that one, and there was the Mr. Pizza. I'm like, I'm going to go in there and take a picture and send it to Wayne. And I didn't send it yet, but I will later when I upload all my photos to my computer. Uh, I was, and yeah, it's terrible. It looks like a Starbucks in there now. It used to be trashy. I'm gonna order food. You ready? Yeah. All right. I, I'm going to order everything I am able to eat, which is the the pizza, uh, pepperoncino, and grilled potato. Oh, hi. Ano, margarita pizza. Hitotsu. Ano. Pepperoncino, hitotsu. Ato, potato no grill, hitotsu. Hitotsu. Hi. Hi. Sono. Margarita pizza. Buffalo mozzarella. Pizza. Ah, sono. Potato. Yeah. So, ste. Ano, focaccia. Ah, focaccia. Classy choice. Uh, wine, you mm. Okay. Oh, they're, they're, Brandon is ordering the decanter of wine. Sure. Go for the go. Go Milli. He's ordering, ordering 500 milliliters of white wine. Celery? Pickled celery? Yeah. Go for it. Let's order. <laughs> Alright. So that was the. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, me and Brandon ordering uh, our food. And uh, we have a, 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 a Japanese friend who ordered with kore and kore, pointing at the pictures, which is what uh, the foreigner is expected to do, which is go, uh, this, this. But uh, instead, I saw to it to enunciate every syllable because I can, and I feel really stupid because the natural thing to do is to go, ah, kore, kore. Oh man, the green salad with walnut. I, uh, they actually have like real tomatoes now. I don't believe that. I'm gonna go get a drink, and then we'll be back. And me and Brandon are gonna talk about the games we bought and this weird situation uh, that is involving me having to take some of Brandon's games to England. Uh, 
sounds like like some sort of spy story, but uh, it's not. Uh, hang on just a minute. Oh, hey, yo, welcome back. Uh, we have ordered our food. I've gone to the bathroom. I've got a cappuccino at Caesarea. Usually, Caesarea cappuccino in the past, in the, in the Mukashi, a long time ago, it was really, really bad. And this particular cappuccino right now is, it's decent. Oh, we have, uh, we've got some pasta. Oh. We've received some pasta. There's some red pepper flakes that look legit. Uh, they handed Brandon the, uh, shrimp and tomato sauce pasta, which he, neither he nor I ordered. I think that's octopus. Octopus? Octopus desca. Taco. Ika. Ah, uh, squid. Yeah, well, to a person who doesn't eat either, they're the same god darn thing. So, I'm going to tell everybody what Saizeria is. It's a Japanese chain Italian restaurant, and it's pretty bad. Italian diner. Italian diner, yeah, yeah. It's a diner that serves Italian food, and I love it. Me and Drew Cosner used to always have a joke. What would it be like if there was a Caesarea in Akihabara? Drew Cosner kept saying he would move to Akihabara. Well, Drew Cosner, if you're listening, now there is. We're in it right now. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh... Coca-Cola tastes good and crisp. I love the design of this glass. So, Caesarea's, I used to, like, sleep in Caesarea's a lot. Uh, and they would get mad at me. Uh, Brandon's going to talk about Caesarea while I eat some spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, Tim used to have several Caesarea glasses in his home, which he had stolen from Caesarea. Stolen? Uh, Once I asked the manager who was serving me, I'm like... Can I take this glass? And he said, yeah. So the thing is, the glass used to have a Coca-Cola logo on one side and Caesarea on the other. And the base used to be squared. And now the base is tapered. And there's a, like, less of a, uh, there's like a built-in coaster in the bottom. So, like, they, they changed the glasses over. And there were still some Coca-Cola ones left. And I asked the guy, can I take this? And he said, yes. And I said, well, then can I take two? And he said, go for it. So that's how I got two of them. The rest, yes, I stole. <laughs> but they have hundreds of them. Thousands, maybe. So uh, my experience with Caesarea is very different from Tim's. Every time I eat it, I feel kind of sick. Uh, I feel like... I've eaten something I shouldn't have, and I kind of want to throw up. It sort of makes me feel like I already have thrown up, um, which is a weird, strange feeling. But he likes to come here, so that's why we're here. But he, uh, as he has noted, several things have changed here since, since certainly since the last time I have eaten at Caesarea, which is probably three or four years. So who knows? I'll update you all with whether I feel sick after eating the food that should not make me feel sick. So, yeah, they, it occurs to me that they've spent a lot of money. Like, they've built a lot more restaurants. There's two in Akihabara alone now. Uh, they're just all over the place. They've built, like, dozens more locations. So, I don't know. They spent some cash. The potatoes have arrived. They look they look quite exquisite. Uh, this uh, pasta is... Not too much better than it used to be, but it's certainly a lot less greasy. I poured a lot of Parmesan cheese into it. We're going to eat our food, and uh, Brandon's going to drink some wine, and then we're going to talk about these video games.
and I'm going to drink a couple more cappuccinos and get totally wired because I'm staying up all night because I have a flight tomorrow morning. Uh, talk to y'all in another minute uh, while we, yeah, enjoy this food. We're going to try to enjoy it. back to the final installment, maybe, probably not, of episode 109 of Insert Credit. We've just finished our meal. Uh, Brandon bit his tongue right at the end of the meal. He's going to tell you all about that. Uh, basically, I've got, right now, I've got a melon soda. That's a Fanta variety in Japan. Did you know that it's only sold in convenience stores? They do not sell it. Or no, it's only sold in family restaurants, not in convenience stores. I messed that sentence up completely. It's time to erase every segment and start this whole show over. Uh, yeah, I've got a melon soda with two ice cubes and a straw, so you know that it's relaxing times. It's phantom melon soda time. Um, we're just going to talk about some stuff here at the end of our meal. So we're here in this uh, this size area, and I noticed several times as I went to the bathroom and to get a drink. I also have a cup of cappuccino. Wondering if Al Pacino calls cappuccino Cal Pacino. Just a thought. He probably does. We've... You know, that we've consulted our local weatherman and we're uh, 88% sure he calls cappuccinos, calpuccinos. Uh, I noticed that this place is full of people who went to Tokyo Game Show. That makes me feel nice. People went to Tokyo Game Show and they just came here, did a little bit of shopping, then they just sat inside the area for three, four hours or whatever. I love it. Yeah, I just watched a cosplayer with... Um, auburn hair that was a wig and a bright blue outfit stand up walk out with her boyfriend after having had a nomi hodai over here at uh Caesarea. it's kind of amusing and as i was about to meet tim well as i was waiting for tim to come off the train there was a lady wearing a space themed selefuku which was pretty amazing uh, it it was your your traditional schoolgirl's sailor outfit, but all of the parts that would be blue were instead space. And I and she had a space hat on and a space backpack. Um, and I imagine she's probably about to show up in this size area. There's a Nichon with an eye patch. It's like a it's like a it's like a yaoi manga up in here. There's a baby as well. That's not that's not in the Yaoi manga. Um, so my food experience at Caesarea, which I promised I would update you on, is still felt kind of sick. 
also bit my tongue really extremely hard at the end and exclaimed aloud, which I usually don't do when feeling pain, but half my mouth was filled, I mean, half the liquid in my mouth was blood at that point, and I did not enjoy. Um, the food was fine. If you come here, you can eat the potatoes without getting in any trouble, but the rest of it, I can't vouch for. But Tim has a different perspective on that. I like, I like Sizeria. It's, uh, it's a little bit oily, but, uh, in this world, in this just, in this big dumpster in space, what isn't, you know? Like, I just want to say, I don't really think anything isn't. Um, it's fast food. They sit you down at a table, they serve it on porcelain plates, but it's fast food. Is that the number I like of it. in here? No, 99? Yeah. No, I think it's table 99. Oh, okay. The tables are numbered. Where are they numbered? Oh, we're 78. Yeah. Okay. I think there's like 100 tables in here, more than that. It's a fairly big size area. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say this is the best size area because there's no windows. So I don't know where I am. We could be in a shipping container that has sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Nothing to distract you from your Nomi Hodai. Uh, and I love drinking uh, beverages. So what were we going to talk about? There's people playing uh, collectible card games all over in here. There's like kids, four kids were playing some shiny foil card game. What? Look at that table. Where? Where? Uh, the, the, like what? The corner booth right there. Look at the end of that table. Yeah. Do you see what is there? Next to the napkins. Oh, yeah, yeah, the goldfish? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see those. There's a, there's a girl with some goldfish. What is she? Kingo. Kingo right So funny. Ine. Goldfish are cool. She probably won them at a Matsuri. Yeah. There's a Matsuri in Shinjuku today. I, I walked uh, all over, had to walk, had to deal with that walking to the train station there. Uh, so. But yeah, yeah. There's a girl with a goldfish at her table. Uh, she's looking at the goldfish. That fish is gonna die. Johnny's gonna die. Is what I have to say about that goldfish. Is that Johnny's gonna die? Uh, that goldfish's name is Johnny, in case you didn't catch it. Uh, so, are we going to talk about... So, Brandon had a bunch of video games that he bought that he can't take back in his own luggage because his luggage doesn't have enough space. I happened to have brought an empty suitcase anticipating that I would buy cool stuff. I did not buy that much stuff. My empty suitcase also was holding my backpack. So, tomorrow when I go to the airport, I'm going to have my backpack on my back. So be it, you know? Uh, but... Brandon's got a big bag of video games, and why don't you show some of those video games to us, Brandon? Yeah, so I had the... I will, yeah, I'm going to describe them. I know you can't see them. Um, so I I had the, the thought that, first of all, the Saturn games are disappearing from Akihabara, and I want them. Second of all, the exchange rate is the best it's been since I was here in 2004 or so maybe even since 2003 and I may have said that earlier on but it bears repeating that it is 120 yen to the dollar right now and and I just cannot I cannot resist I uh, that that existential dilemma that I mentioned earlier on in the show wherein I was thinking do I need these expensive video games should I get them 
The answer was yes. I decided yes. Man. And I got them. Man, I just had a terrible moment. I just had a horrible moment here. You, when you mentioned it's 120 end of the dollar, I was like, I saw a keyboard that I wanted, a Philco Majestouch Minila uh, Bluetooth uh, US format in the Yodobashi camera in Yokohama, and it was uh, 11,000 yen, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can buy one on Amazon for around that much. But I had just taken two zeros off. Yeah. I didn't realize that it's actually, like, it's a beautiful keyboard. Yeah, that's probably around 90 bucks. Yeah, that's like, I want, like, a Bluetooth keyboard to just sit on my sofa and play, uh, I don't know, like, type stuff into the PlayStation Store or whatever. Yeah. But also, because it's a it's a Philco, so it's it's Cherry Switches. It's a little little baby mechanical keyboard that I can take wherever I go and use it with my laptop. I should have bought it, man. I just forgot about the exchange rate. Owned. Oh, man. God darn it. So he got owned. Luckily, uh, I did the opposite, and now I own several things. <laughs> oh, oh. What anyway. What time is it? What time is it uh, the current time is... On hold on. Current time is 1047. Right, Yodabashi closes in 13 minutes. Yodabashi closes in 13 minutes, and he is not going to be able to get that keyboard. Anyway, the... Uh, the games that I bought, I bought a bunch of them. I bought I bought two slime Muddy Muddy Dungeons Boom. Uh, that I did not previously own. Muddy, the GBA Muddy, one. Muddy Muddy Dungeons. Muddy Muddy Dragon Quest. Muddy Muddy Dragon Quest. Oh, it's because it's... It just uh, looks like dungeon because you say a, a doe. I think it's because it's the... Like wait, what's the... The US one is called Rocket Slime Dragon Quest. Oh, I don't know why I keep calling it dungeon. It's okay, funny, I don't know. I'm wrong. It was like a joke. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't a joke. It's just me being wrong. Now it's a joke. Yeah, now it's a joke. So anyway. It wasn't a joke. Now it's a joke. Um, I got all these games. I have a big bag here for Tim to take with him, which is mostly ones that are large in size but not very heavy, which means PS2 and uh, and PSP primarily. I bought also I bought all the Simple Series games that I saw for a hundred yen or less. Man, I want some of those. I bought uh, I bought Grand Knights History, which is VanillaWare's unreleased in the U.S. PSP game, which really has a fantastic look to it, because when, you're, when your characters are walking along the world, the world is a sphere, and they they walk along it in a, in a fun little path. But yeah, I also got a lot of relatively expensive things. I would say I bought about 35 Saturn games, which is ridiculous, across my trips to Korea can we look at some of these? and the U.S. Well, we can only look at the PS2 ones, but yeah, I'll I'll bring them out. I'll bring them out here. What we got? Uh, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hand it over to Tim while I take these out here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Brandon's got. He has this thing. He told me on a in a in a text to tweet a direct. Brandon's been tweeting at me on Twitter. Uh, direct messaging me in, in, in lieu of texting because we've been carrying around pocket Wi-Fi's. Uh, okay, so I'm looking now at a SS Hody pad uh, for the sake of Saturn, which I actually told Brandon was good. I used to have a bunch of these in my house. Uh, it does not have the Saturn, uh, the totally pillowy D-pad, but I think it's actually quite spectacular. It's a round D-pad with uh, four directions. I believe we were recording when we bought this uh, controller. Very springy buttons with some kickback on them. Love the SS Hody pad. It's also very nice aged beige. We've got Panzer Dragoon for uh, Sega Ages 2500 series for PlayStation 2. One interesting point about this, it's 2600 yen. You paid 100 yen more than the market value. 
which is more than the uh, the the retail price yeah. at uh, time of release. I find that sort of thing very interesting. No way. Well, it says with tax, it's twenty six twenty five. Right. It's uh, it's kokoro no meisaku, nisen ropyaku niju goen. So next we got Cyveria Revision, which is a shooting game that I quite like, uh, and. My good friends at Skonek did the sequel to this game, and uh, and at Tokyo Game Show, I played the newest Cyveria, which is a an iPhone game, which has a somewhat interesting system of absorbing shots and releasing them through pressing the button and then releasing. And uh, yeah, it was not. It was a little bit expensive. It was sixteen hundred, but. Um, it's I don't know it's it's a quality product and you know super, super light two thousand I, I saved a little bit off the retail yeah you saved around four hundred yen off the off the retail that uh, I noticed on the back they have a survey question answers they have three Cyveria fans explaining why they want this game okay. and their ages seventeen twenty three and twenty two. Okay. One of them is Arubaita, one is Kai Shine, and one of them is Kokose. Omoshirokatta no de henshu tsukutte kudasai. Wait, wait, zokuhen tsukutte zokuhen tsukutte kudasai. I was speed reading there, I'm sorry. Kono game ongaku ga kakkoi, and imamade no STG de saiko no deki dato omoimasu. So, Tim likes to joke when he goes to Nakano Broadway about going to Big Mario. Because. Oh, yeah. It's a store where it's a store where generally everything is very expensive, more than you would find elsewhere, and there's very little you want to buy. However, I went through the junk section there and I purchased three items. One is about a uh, all-girls bosozoku ban- uh, gang of uh, um, what do you call it? Scooter hooligans. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And then I bought this. This, uh, the, I actually can't read this kanji. Tim, what is this the of? Oh, the, uh, the budoshi? The, bu- the bushido. The bushido. Oh, right, oh, well. I'm, I'm messing my kanjis up today. Y'all know what bushido is, but bushido. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a bushido blade clone, really, almost, where you're, uh, you're, you're fighting each other and doing some stuff. These were all, by the way, 200 yen each, so very cheap. You should get one. And then I got this uh, boxing versus kickboxing versus pro wrestling versus etc. fighting game, which looks just ridiculous. So that's that's the next thing that I got. Tim, if you want to say something about it while I get the next. Yeah, I'll play this. We should... Uh, you should man, you should get more of these Simple Series games and just stream them all. I got a bunch. I'd play... Uh, I used to have so many of these. Now I don't have any of them. Boxing versus kick versus karate versus puroresu versus jujutsu versus whatever else they have. All right, what else does he got? Brandon's got VR virtual racing flat out. Uh, very nice 720p, 60 FPS, widescreen Sega Ages for the PS2. Uh, I recommend that game to anybody who can find it. The King of Age, uh, King of Fighters, Rebound '94, which I like, and uh, King of Fighters Neo Wave, which was the, the, uh, uh, yeah, the weird one. I, I played yeah, this a fair deal. It was the Atomus Wave one, right? Yeah. 
The Thomas Wave with the Neo Wave. Uh, we've got Arugos no Senshi, also known as Rygar, which you got for 200 yen. This game's actually pretty interesting. You can uh, have a couple hours of fun with that. What else do we got? Shining Wind, which I told Brandon was pretty good. I'm now wondering how pretty good it is. Uh, it's got a two-player arcade mode in it, which is neat. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, that's Grant. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty cool game. And um, this last one I'm, I'm going to talk about. It was only 200 yen. Shining Wind was also 200. So was um, uh, uh, Rygar. Um, but I got this Sacred Blaze here as well for 200 yen. That is... Sacred Blaze. Sacred Blaze is, yeah. It's, it's uh, first of all, for token. And second of all, I, I believe this is one of the last flight plan games. Um, I miss Flight Plan. They were cool and they were weird, and they just they just couldn't succeed in a world where high quality tactics games is your is your thing that you do. And so I got this one because I like Flight Plan and I want to remember them. And yeah, so the last things that I have in this bag of things for Tim to potentially take home are three little. Um, like guidebook magazine deals. I bought three. I was experimenting with this to see if they were any fun. Uh, I got Black Matrix for Saturn guidebook. I got Baroque also for Saturn. And then I got East 4 for PC Engine. These were all quite cheap. Uh, just a few bucks each. And uh, here, I'll let, I'll let Tim talk about what he looks at in, in, in the Baroque. Uh, this, Bar- this Baroque one has these real MS Painty, like Harvard graphics y looking maps in it, and I love them. They're like really old school corridor maps. And then just these tables with all of the attributes of all the items. Really fancy. The monster, this monsterography here is really cool. Yeah, I love it. This I love this sort of thing. I used to have a couple of these sorts of things in my house a long time ago. A long, long time ago uh, is when that was. Oh, damn it. What'd you do? Oh. Uh, Hold on. I just turned it off. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I I thought I turned it off for a second, but I didn't. So I I got this East 4 guide here, which is pretty cool. It's got a lot of Yonkoma in it, which I think are probably not anywhere else. That's a four-panel comics for those of you that do not uh, speak the superior Nihongo. <laughs> uh, the superior Nihongo. Honk. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's got... It's pretty lovingly presented. All the individual items have close-up, zoomed-in images. And, you know, this was a time when they actually had to take a photograph of a CRT to get a screenshot yeah, I love still. That so much. And so all these all these images are just a little bit blurry. They're just like they've got scan lines in them. It's kind of it's kind of awesome. Uh, and and character descriptions with illustrations. It's pretty fun. And then there's of course Black Matrix, which uh, I had a little I had a little moment there which is I don't know. I guess it's a pretty, pretty much one of those nerdy moments that you you see a lot of people having over pretty minor stuff. And 
this is why I shouldn't make fun of those people because I had that moment here with something that is quite minor. I like Black Matrix. Uh, I like Flight Plan, as I just mentioned. They made this game. This was the game that kind of made them. Also, NEC Inner Channel published it. And obviously, I love the PC Engine, and NEC made the PC Engine. So here we have a confluence of things I like with a game on the Saturn, which I like. And I was browsing through a big group of little tiny books, and I saw this here, that it was, it was Black Matrix. I saw the spine, and I was like, man, nobody is cool enough to like this game. This is going to be like 100 yen. And I pulled it out, and it was exactly 100 yen. And I was like, yes. And I actually said yes out loud and did like a little fist pump. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's silly, but sometimes it's fun to be right about that kind of stuff. Also, if you want to be real cool, get Black Matrix AD for the Dreamcast. And just, just play through the, the opening segment of that game and tell me how you feel about it. It's, you start up, uh, as a, an angel who has lost their wings and, or had them broken. And you are healed by a devil. A devil of your choosing at the beginning of the game. And during that healing sequence, you are basically wandering around a quiet village, completing small tasks like chopping wood to gain your strength back, fishing to uh, increase your HP back to where it should be, cooking, just little household chores with the devil who is nursing you back to health. And it's supposed to be a little relationship-building thing. It actually does kind of make you care about that character a little bit because it's, it's ultimately a tactics game. A pretty straightforward tactics game with some, with some cool twists to it. But, but that opening sequence just has you uh, having experiencing domestic life and being nursed back to health in a way that is pretty cool. So... Yeah, get on that black matrix if you don't know about it. But uh, I'll hand this back to Tim as he looks at East 4. Oh, man, this East 4 book. Okay, so that black matrix one's real good. It has a, a bunch of weird, like, psychedelic, ugly pattern backgrounds with text on it. This East 4 one is just fantastic. It's full color. It's like everything you want a video game instruction manual to be. Is that everything? That's, that's, that's all that I brought. Oh, wow. Oh, that's not that much. Not that much. It looks really big in the bag. Oh, well, also I have my, uh, I have three of my Xbox 360 controllers. Oh, okay. And there's this. What is this? In the Institute, you learn military tactics or diatribe. Oh, is this that book you were going to loan me? Yeah. Yeah, I'll read that. I read real fast. I can post my review online at Goodreads. That's right. All right, so now was I going to go through my stuff? My stuff's pretty fast. Uh, here we go. Uh, Alright, Tim's grabbing the stuff that he just bought at Book Off. We, we went there because he wanted to go to uh, uh, Tokiwa, wait, what's it called again? Tokiwa Musen. Tokiwa Musen, which is the place that, sell, that breaks street dates and sells stuff relatively cheap, especially new stuff, um, right by the electric town exit of Akihabara and it has done that since since the days when that station was basically um, super tiny the wall was there half the stuff wasn't there half the station wasn't there anyway 
uh, he wanted me to go there and get get uh, Dragon Quest Seven for him for 3DS so he could play it on the plane because he was going to get there later. But it was closed before uh, I even arrived. I and I think it closes at 8.30. Yeah, I think it closes at 8.30. So we went to Book Off, and then he purchased three items, which he will now describe. Yeah, so I got Dragon Quest Seven, which is 2500 but it took him a moose then it would have been 2000 It's 2700 new at Yodabashi, but in the Greatest Hits edition, which I didn't want. But the Yodabashi I went to today didn't even have the Greatest Hits version, which I was willing to buy. I got Slime Money Money Dragon Quest Two, Love it. Slime Money Money Dragon Quest Three, Haven't played it yet, but will enjoy. Uh, and then I got some more. Uh, let's take a look at the some more. Uh, I guess I put this down. So I got some crap in my bag. I'm trying to dig it out. I have too many monos in my bag. I'm just dropping everything all over the place. Here, introduce your things. So, I got three more things in this bag that I forgot to mention. One of them, it will not surprise you to learn, is Slime Moni Moni Dragon Quest 3 also. Which, which I also purchased at Book Off. I love the second one, which I have the American version of. I've played through it twice to completion, which takes about 24 hours, if you're curious. And I also purchased Slime Moni Moni Dragon Quest 1, the original for the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Advance, which I did not own previously. I want that just for the box art. Yeah, the box art on it is great. He's so... Everybody's man. All the box arts for these. Everybody's so cool. wide mouthed and 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 super nuts. And then I bought Battlegate Dark Eyes for the Wonder Swan Color, which is very interesting to me as a cover. It's it's a tactics game um, made by uh, Next Tech, who you may know as the company that made. Uh, Rangerks or Ranger X. Love that game. Which we all like very much. They also made uh, D-Surd, or however you say it, which is the uh, Saturn-only 3D fighting game that was meant to defeat Toshinden before Toshinden came out. Oh, man. And, uh... I like this dialogue on the back of the this of Battlegate. There's a guy named Jorju who is saying... Which means my name my name, comma, is George. Comma. People who do not need their lives come at me. Come at me if you don't want your life. Yeah, so if you don't need your life. Come at me if you don't need my need your life. So you you can definitely tell which guy it is on this cover. He's the the SRS one. He's he's the ranger. Yeah, he is the ranger. So uh, this cover for Battlegate Dark Eyes it rules is very interesting because it looks like a high end American Genesis game cover, but this is a Japanese Wonder Swan game from two thousand one. Like it really looks like they studied. American box art of the 90s and decided to make this released only in Japan video game out of that. Wouldn't that you say? The box art is beautiful. We should take a nice Instagram photo of it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Before this is over. I agree that we should. 
This should be the front cover. The front cover of this episode of the show should be just Battle Gate. Maybe with a, a Caesarea lemon, a melon soda right next to it. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, we'll see if we can make that happen. Make that happen. So that is, that is all the video games that I have here to, uh, to give to Tim. So now I've got my treat bags. Uh, here's my treat bags. Uh, I'm going kind of in a... It's like Christmas for myself. This is the most video games I've bought in years. I bought Zelda Majora's Mask 3D for the 3DS uh, because I don't have it. I bought... What do you think of that right there? Did you play this Bravely Default game? No. Uh, so if you ignore for a moment that everyone in the world liked it, like on the internet, that all the people on Twitter went nuts about it, it's actually a really, really like good, weird RPG with weird systems. You might like it. Uh, that's all there is to that. And now, here comes Big Baby's Big Toy. Okay. Uh, this is Baby's birthday present for himself. I just tried to stand the phone up, and it didn't work. Uh, Baby's Big Birthday Present for himself is this. That's a Japanese new Nintendo 3DS. Oh, new. Wait, so did you decide to get the small one or the big one? I got the little one, and here's why. They didn't release the little one in the U.S., right? They, well, I mean, they're going to later or whatever. Yeah. Uh, because they did, they had the big one. But this one is bigger than the original, right? Yeah. Uh, so in other words, it's like they engineered... Hi. It's, it's like they found the right size, right? And then they just didn't really... And also, this one lets you change these faceplates, right? That's kind of cool. Like... That's a feature that's not on the big one. So in other words, it's like they found the right size, and then in America they just didn't release it because, I don't know, like they didn't want to look like they were making it smaller. They had to make the big one because they couldn't make their console smaller after emphasizing bigness. So in other words, I believe that this is the philosophically correct size that Satoru Iwata would have wanted me to buy, uh, is what I believe. Is this Bravely Default or Bravely Second End Layer? Is this game? It, it, it seems to be continuing the the trend of Japanese RPGs, wherein the characters do not have feet. Yeah, what, they, what what is the deal with with that got, trend? They ain't got feet anymore. Uh, you know that that uh that Bruce Springsteen song about being born to run? Yeah. That's not them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these gentlemen and ladies are not born to run, but they're born to fun. So the next thing I got, uh, ba ba boom ba 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 baby This is actually a brand new copy of Dragon Quest VIII, uh, and it comes with the, uh, it's got some uh, thing inside it. It came with a special pre-order bonus that has a code for some extra costume downloads. Uh, so these Dragon Quests for the 3DS, these remakes of 7 and 8, you get, like, co there's costumes in them. Like, you can, uh, the, the character classes have different costumes, which just rules so hard, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm just looking at the, the, the box art, the back of the box, on five Japanese RPGs. You've got two Dragon Quests, one Zelda, one... Slime Modi Modi Dragon Quest and this Bravely Default. And it's interesting, I was, I was, I, I started looking at, uh, Dragon Quest 8 first 
and thinking, wow, it's really hard to represent the fun of an RPG in screenshots. Yeah. Like, it's really tough to do. And I'm looking at the tactics they employ on the back of all of these. You look at uh, Dragon Quest VII, and the first, the first image, the very first image, is a menu screen. That's, that's really interesting. And then the second one is, a, is of a puzzle that you can put together. And then the third is, is a battle action scene. And the, the, the last one is talking about how, uh, how many heroes there are and, how, and, and it's got a little picture of some of them. But then on uh, Dragon Quest VIII, it's, all, it's much more close-ups of characters. You've got a dialogue thing. You've got a dude doing a special thing. You've got a, a, a character profile, and you've got people in a town. This one feels a little more like I want to play an RPG now, to me. It reminds me of the back of the box of Brave Story, which which uh, was an RPG that I wanted to play. Man, Brave Story. Uh, Bravely Second, now, this game is a bunch of different stuff. They, they put kind charm. of a... It, yeah, they, they made a mosaic of screens and then just put a couple character images on top of it. So with this approach, at least, you're like, oh, there's a lot of stuff in this game. I like that approach. But then you've got Zelda, where they assume you know about Zelda stuff, so they're just kind of talking about what new things you can do, sort of. But they've got a kind of a ticker on the top here, which is like, yeah, we got Link. Yeah, we got this kind of enemy. Yeah, you can look at a sunset. Yeah, you can get on an airship. Like, that That, that makes sense. That seems logical. Um, and then lastly here, Slime Mori Mori Dragon Quest. All they have on this one, and this one I like, I guess it's it's a little more of an action game. It's pretty much an action game, so I guess yeah. it's easier. There was the action game section. But you've got, uh, you've got the slime about to smack an enemy. You've got... Um, enemies attacking your tank, and then you've got a profile of two tanks. I guess they're actually ships in this one, uh, about to attack each other. And it's and each each screenshot has a giant description under it telling you what you can do, and that's kind of nice. Yeah, they do a good job advertising these uh, Dragon Quest Money Monies. Man, the box art for this is so good too. All the box arts for the Money Money Dragon Quest games are just spectacular. Dragon Quest games in general. Look at the Bravely Second. Uh, the plastic has this shine to it. It has a luminescent plastic. I'm really excited about Bravely Second. I hear the battles are a lot more hideously complex this time. I'm excited about that. Oh, and finally, uh, take a look at what I got here. I got this faceplate, because if you're going to get the thing with the faceplates, why not, right? Uh, I got this USB charger, because it doesn't come with a charger. Weird. I don't understand why. And it, and then a nice yellow case to put it in. Well, may, maybe the assumption is it's the new 3DS. You probably already have one. But you need a new charger. It takes a new charger. Oh, it takes a new charger? I wow, that, that is ridiculous. So. Did you open the box? Uh, no, not yet. Maybe should it's I, in there. Should we unbox yeah, it? Yeah, let's, let's, let's open it up and see if there's a charger inside. I mean, that would be... I feel like that would be ridiculous if they didn't have one. Also, the input on this 3DS and smartphone AC charger that you purchased, it really looks 
like the regular 3DS uh, one. No, there's a there's a micro, there's a mini SB as well. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I think maybe it is the same charger. Yeah. That's a regular 3DS. Yeah, I think it's the same one. Whatever it is, I don't have a 3DS charger on me right now. Oh, man, look at that. There's a plate for putting on my 3Ds. Yeah, there is no charger in this box. Uh, but there is a 3DS. Man, yeah, that's about the right size for a 3Ds. Oh, and look at the beautiful buttons. Beautiful beige. Beautiful face. <laughs> Uh, beautiful face plates. Beautiful face plates. Uh, where's the? Oh, here's the face plate. Yeah. I could put that on. I could just put it right on. I want to feel the nub for a second. Oh, feel the nub. Uh, eraser. Yeah, there's a little eraser nub. I, I've never actually. Oh man, it feels weird. Yeah. It. Uh, I played with it on the Zelda in a Target. I mean, I guess it feels good enough. This feels like the kind of thing that could potentially give you a blister, though. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually control the camera in the new Zelda with that, which kind of appeals to me. Like, and you can't on the regular 3DS, so it's like a new 3DS only feature. But I'll tell you what I do like about it. Everything here is matte. It's yeah. very, it's very, uh, these 3DSs, some of them have really good build quality. Obviously some don't because Nintendo doesn't necessarily build to last anymore the way they used to. But, um... This one feels really nice, and just the plastic is really good. And, Tim, I went ahead and did this for you. I turned the 3D off. Oh, boom. The 3D's better now, though. You know, uh... I claim that the 3D is better. This, gonna, I'll be the judge of that. This is interesting. I don't know, I don't know if, uh... I don't know if you at home know this, but they, they ship these out with the volume automatically turned all the way up and the 3D turned all the way on. It, just in case... You didn't know that. They want you to turn the, the system on and be like, whoa, look at that. I think that's an interesting thing to do when you've got actual buttons and sliders to turn them all the way up so that people, they have no, they have no choice but to experience the maximum at the very beginning. Man, this screen is, I was like worried the screen would be like not big enough and I would be sad about not buying the big one. But yeah, I think that's the right size of screen. I think it, I mean... I'm not just saying that because I didn't buy the big one. Uh, I think the screen is the right size. I think any bigger is uh, kind of stupid. And this fits in the hands real well. Uh, I'm going to have a good time with it. Plus, the bigger screen has this, the pixel density is not as good. Yeah, it's true. On the I think 3DS LL that I have that is not the new one, it, 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 does, it gets a little fuzzy. I got my pink and gold. I got my gold case and my pink... Uh, Faceplate. I'm gonna put those on tonight. Do I need a screwdriver to put the bottom ones on? You can figure it out. Uh, hilariously, yes, you do need a screwdriver to put the bottom plate on. Owned. I don't have a screwdriver. Well, I guess since we're we've talked about all our monas, I now realize that I don't have a screwdriver. I will. I will relate a final story from TGS, wherein. There was a maybe seven-year-old girl who was watching me play the game, watching us play the game, watching people play the game for a couple rounds. Uh, Gunsport is the game that I'm talking about, by the way. In case you didn't In know. case you did not know what game I was referring to. And so she was playing for a while. She was a, a tiny little Japanese lady. And so I said, hey, you want to try this? In Japanese, of course. 
And she didn't say anything. She just picked up the controller and started playing. She couldn't really figure it out. It was a little difficult for her. Um, and I was describing to her how to play, which is, it's a relatively complicated game. So there are a lot of steps to it, talking about it in, in Japanese to her. And on the second round, uh, I had her play the striker. The striker is the character that moves and jumps, whereas the the keeper is the character that does not move but fires more frequently. So I was having her play the striker and explaining to her that she could charge her shot. And I was having a little difficulty explaining some of the things that I was trying to get across. And, uh, and she, at one point, turns to me and she says, You know, I speak English. And uh, I was like, Oh, well then. And uh, it was it was a weird little little moment because this was a tiny little miniature human. Wait, had she spoken any Japanese at all? She had spoken nothing previously. Ah. She she was all by herself. She was definitely a little Japanese girl. There was no question about it. But um, you know, I made the assumption as I have made several times acro- uh, accurately across the four days that I've been exhibiting the game that young people that come over and play the game cannot speak a lick of English because they're young and they haven't learned it yet. But this this little girl was apparently raised in America or something because she spoke perfect English. And then after she finished playing, I said, so, how did you like it? After her confident assertion, you know, I speak English before that, I thought she might have something to say. And she got extremely shy, uh grabbed her foot and lifted it behind her and uh and coquettishly smiled and then ran away. So that was that that was uh, one of the last people to play gunsport. I don't know what that means if it means anything, but it was an amusing amusing little moment that occurred. And that sounds a whole lot like the end of a story, if you know what I mean. Yeah, this has been a 40-minute segment. This is good. Uh, this is longer than most of the other segments combined, which I love. But we're just having a good time chilling out here. Uh, it looks like uh, this size area is starting to empty out, uh, which is fun. Uh, so maybe we should be getting gone too, Pally. Uh, I'm going to drink one more melon soda. I'm going to slam it. And I want to get a photo of it with that Battlegate game. And... Uh, then we're going to call it a call it a year for Tokyo Game Show. I think I can fit all of that in my suitcase. All right. Without crossing over to fifty pounds. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going in the small suitcase. So yeah, yeah. I'm not buying anything in England. Uh. Yeah. All right. That's how it ends. This is how the world ends. Uh. Maybe. Maybe I'll record an outro from the airport, and Brandon can record an outro from the airport for him. And, but, uh, yeah, everybody just uh, stay cool and be hot. Uh, insert credit show. Uh, also, hey, Frank, how you doing? Uh, Frank's not here. Wait, why? Wait, where is Frank? Is he coming? Yeah, I think he's coming. Is he coming? Oh. Well, I guess we're going to, maybe Frank will say something, but uh, I don't know. Just uh, tell Frank to. All right, tell Frank to voice record himself for a couple minutes. All right. Uh, yeah, this was good. This was real good. Yeah. You want to hear? It? Say something. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see you all. Uh, by which I mean you'll hear us all again pretty soon as we do another episode of this nature. 
in which Tim talks about London and a little bit about Korea, and I talk about Korea and a little bit about America while he's in Korea and I'm in America. I mean, while he's in London and I'm in America next week. I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah, 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 I think that'll work. Uh, I'm going to sign this off. I'm just going to say bye. Bye, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Now I have a machine gun. As you can hear, I just exited Funabori Station. This is where I'm... Oh, I'll wait till you can hear me. Funabori is where I'm staying right now. It's on the east side. It's a pretty boring place. A lot of old people. Not as much old stuff just old people in suburbs across from my place there is an Italian restaurant that seems to just be inside of a house with two plaster of Paris dogs perched on the front of it there's some character anyway I'm giving you my sign off in which I wanted to describe a concert that both Tim and I attended yesterday, it was last night. Uh, Masaya Matsura, who you know from Parappa the Rapper, among other things. If you're a cool guy, you know him from the band Size, with hits such as Parachute Limit and Woman's. Uh, we saw his live concert. It was his 30th anniversary. And kind of the 30th anniversary of him making music in general. So it included songs from Parappa the Rapper, Vib Ribbon, Um Jammer Lammy, but also from his musical career, including the aforementioned songs, Woman's and Parachute Limit. It was pretty great. And it was in this church in Shinagawa with a giant, uh, what do you call it, giant church organ, huge pipes, gigantic. And he actually played some of his songs using those giant pipes, and there were visual visualizations going on.
I should mention, Funabori, in addition to old people, has a lot of motorcycle uh, enthusiasts, shall we say. And round about this time of night, you hear a lot of the, the classic scooter gangs revving their engines. That was just a regular motorcyclist. But if, if I hear them, I'll turn the recording back on again for you. Anyway, the Masaya Matsura concert was super good and a unique experience that really you couldn't have elsewhere because he was singing these songs that other people had sung. He's, he's the musician, he's not the singer. And, uh, but he sang them through a vocalizer instead. Detour here to stop in a 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven, and purchase a beverage. So, one moment. this music. Let's listen to that. Man, you want to talk about Vaporwave. Okay, I'm buying a Keaton beer brewed for good times and a Chipstar. I'm reluctant to leave this music behind, but I want to tell you the rest of my story, and I feel like I should leave the story to do it. Man, I'm gonna buy another drink just so we can hear this a little more. This is the real stuff. Okay. Q and Alcomo Ah, Moito, Nayo. Ah, Jan. 
20あるはいはいこれにしようはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはい In Japan, who are actual, actual cool people who are supplementing their art through working in a convenience store. You don't get that in the US, not because of a lack of artists, but because,、uh, I don't know, it simply isn't supported. It's not as embarrassing to work as a convenience, at a convenience store in Japan, I think. But anyway, back to Matsura. It was a good show, but in the middle of it, there was this bizarre interlude where he called up Alex Rigopoulos of Harmonix and had him play the song Little Polar Bear with him on the bongos. Which, first of all, bongos.、Uh, <laughs> but second of all, it was really strange to just have him. During his 30th anniversary concert, call up this guy from a video game company and be like, hey, why don't you talk for a while? So Alex Rogopoulos told a story about, you know, how Parappa the Rapper had inspired him. But he was also peppering things in, like how many tens of millions of copies Rock Band and Guitar Hero had sold, and how that was inspired by Masaya Matsura, but still. He was talking about how cool he was, and then, and then they talked about this game that they were featuring some of Masai Matsura's music in, in, in like two stages or something. It's their new Apple TV game called Beat Sports, which had already been announced, by the way. And they showed like three trailers for it, and it was not very interesting. And the whole thing took like 30 minutes out of this concert. It was、uh, a huge, like, mood stomper. It, it crapped all over the cool vibe that Matsura had going. And then, you know, afterward, he was like, all right, well, let's get back to it. And then he goes back to doing amazing music. It was. I,、uh, I can't imagine what was going through anyone's head that was involved there. I actually feel like Alex Rogopoulos was kind of embarrassed. To go up there and do that. Like, it didn't seem. It almost felt like he realized how disruptive it was, but he had probably been asked to do it, so he just did it. Anyway, Tim and I both recorded some music 
from that event. And we're going to play that. You probably will have heard some already. We're going to play that throughout the episode, along with just sounds that have been recorded in Japan here. So I guess, I guess that's it. Just goes to show you, you can be a big pop star in the 90s, make some really cool video games, have your 30th anniversary concert, and you're still beholden to somebody for some reason. That's me, Brandon Sheffield, signing off. September 21st, 2015. I got all my stuff packed up in my hotel, and uh, it turns out that two of the wheels are irreparably broken on my smallest suitcase. So I gotta pull that all around London, Birmingham, England, not to mention Tokyo, to get to the bus. So, uh, just went to Don Quixote. I spent an hour in Don Quixote by myself, just looking at things. They got all sorts of stuff. They got brand name underwear, beauty products, vibrators. They got those disposable male masturbation assistance devices. One thing that interests me is, uh, walking here. With uh, Brandon Sheffield's big plastic bag full of video games, not that it, it was apparent, like immediately obvious that it was a bag full of video games, but none of the none of the people talked to me. None of the people on the street. This is a city where everyone's going to talk to you on the street. Nobody, nobody said a goddamn word. Back at the room. All right, here I am. So then I walked out to Don Quixote with the intention of buying a suitcase, which I did do. I've got a nice big white suitcase with a bunch of pockets. It was 8,800 yen. Uh, Brandon Sheffield, uh, if you want to, if you actually listen to this, and uh, I'm not going to mention it in person, but if you want to give me a couple dollars for this suitcase, your stuff wouldn't fit in my suitcase. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 8,800, but I needed another suitcase anyway. The wheels were broken on the other one. This one's pretty nice, actually. It's got a lot of little miniature pockets in it. There's some plastic crap wrapping the whole thing. 
Gonna have to tear the plastic off. It's about 1.5 times the size of my previous carry-on suitcase, so it's no longer official carry-on size. It's just as well, though. I don't like carrying things onto the plane. I'll tell you why. I was at the airport, and there was a lady. Well, the keys are somewhere, that's for sure. Oh, I found him. There's a lady in the airport standing next to her friend, and she said to her friend, I'm back in the room. She said to her friend, you know, I never carry anything on the plane. Yeah, or no, that's not what she said. She said the exact opposite. She said, you know, I never check a bag. And I was like, hmm, people think they're clever for doing that. I think everyone thinks they're clever for doing that. Carrying a bag on is the equivalent of going to a restaurant you find on Yelp and then telling someone you found a great restaurant. Yeah, so I bought a suitcase. It's bigger than the old one. I'm now in the room. I'm going to hold it up to this one. Yeah, it's much bigger. It's a much bigger suitcase. That's good. I guess I have to get rid of this old one. Just leave it on the side of the road. I tried on some hair product because there was a tester unit for it, but it splurted out way too much. So I've got really sticky hands. And uh, one thing you see those guys, those J Rock guys, you know, hosts or whatever in Japan, uh, thing about those guys that they don't tell you is uh, they pretty much can't ever touch their hair. You know what I mean? They can't touch their hair without making their hands gross. What a heckin' metaphor for the world, though, huh? Uh, I got my DS charged up. I got my games in a bag. I'm going to begin moving things over to the new suitcase. Um, I think this is it. God, this place, huh? So I'm coming back here with this suitcase, and uh, I'll be darned if a whole bunch of people just, they just all wanted to give me their stuff. They're just all yelling at me. I'm carrying a suitcase, for God's sake. So I came in here with a big plastic bag full of in-truth video games, and nobody had to know that. Nobody said a word. They thought I was taking groceries home or making a delivery. I don't know. I thought it was a, looked like I worked at a Chinese restaurant. I don't know. But then, uh... I come here with a suitcase. Not only a suitcase, but a large suitcase. And I'm holding it up by its handle instead of dragging it along the ground. I felt like an idiot dragging a completely empty ultralight suitcase. I'm dragging that around and uh, people just yelling at me. And it's three, it's like almost four in the morning. So I guess that's the way Kabuki Cho works. And uh, I guess that's the end of my trip to Japan. My shoes are loud. You hear that? Those are Jordans. They got a flight plate. Uh, that's all she wrote. I'll let y'all go. That's uh, the end of insert credit episode number 109. Thanks. <laughs>